Hi, welcome to Ramblings of a Writer. I'm Amanda, or AJ Winter. I'm a 24-year-old writer from Wisconsin who loves reading, writing, and the 100 way too much. This is a podcast for writers by a writer. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the third episode. And today I am going to be doing a little thing that I thought of a while back. And it's all about writing advice, because the internet is full of it, and I personally love finding new writing advice, and I thought I would go on, like, Pinterest and Tumblr and find writing advice, so all of the ones that I found are on Pinterest, um, they're just screenshots from Tumblr, so not all of them are going to have usernames, and if they do, I will read the ones that I am given, not necessarily the creator of the post, but... There we go. So this first one is by Liana Brooks um, on Tumblr, and the title is Quick and Dirty Tips for Creating Subplots. So I'm going to read this and then discuss it as I read it and just kind of talk about what kind of advice it is, if it's good advice or if it's bad advice, and what I think. So The first point is not everyone should love the hero. I definitely think this is true. Um, I am all for a morally gray character. And I think that should be, especially in survival stories. Like, for contemporaries, you should realistically like the characters. But for science fiction or even fantasy, you don't always have to like the characters. I think if you like them all the time, there might be something wrong. So, you shouldn't always trust what they say. That's Those are the kind of stories that I like, but not everyone should like every character. But if you want to like the main character all the time, then maybe my books are not for you. <laughs> um, the second point is the more antagonists you have, the more conflicts you create. Now, I did this in my last draft of my science fiction novel, and though I loved doing this, it it, it was hard because I... Okay, so, here's the thing. In my last iteration of my science fiction novel, I had the main presenting antagonist, and then I had one, like, under, under his swing, hidden, and... She was the main villain of the story, but you don't find that out until much later, and you don't realize that they're the antagonist until you meet them, and or, like, you start putting the pieces together. So, I mean, this could definitely work, but it wasn't working for my book, so maybe that's a thing I should work on for down the line. But I definitely think that could... For sure. (laughs) Real life should happen to the characters. Even if they are saving the world, they have jobs and responsibilities. Definitely. Um, The way I'm planning my book right now, um, they have their own jobs in the little camp community I'm creating. I really like the feel of the hundreds world, so I think I took aspects of that, kind of merged it with, like, things I like, and things that needed to be a thing in this camp to survive, and 
everyone's going to have their own job and responsibility, but also the world is kind of at war, so that'll be interesting. The next one is give the character interests and friends outside of work. Definitely. I mean, for me, this relates more to, like, contemporary stories or new adult, um, just because my characters are always working and kind of trying to save the world, so this wouldn't necessarily work for my genres that I write with, um, but I definitely think that a character should have hobbies and should definitely have friends outside of their romance and their job. <laughs> so the next one is multiple points of views aren't a bad thing if you know how to juggle them. Definitely, but I also caution with this one because for me, points of views can all sound alike just because they're by the same writer. So you really have to put your time and effort into them. But if you do it right, I will believe it. But they're not my favorite thing to read, so I tend not to um, lean towards writing or reading multiple POVs just because I like the consistency of staying with one character rather than following multiple points of views. I'd rather know what my favorite character thinks, and my favorite character should be the narrator. So, like, in some sense, um, and I think this comes from reading on Wattpad for so many years, um, I think it's also a form, or it can be a form of lazy writing, because they want to see this point, I'm trying to describe what I'm, I'm thinking here. So basically, on Wattpad, what people would do is they'd write one scene from one character's point of view, and then the next chapter is the exact same scene, just from a different character's point of view. And I think that's really lazy writing. Um, they could have easily shown that with dialogue, and I just think people need to learn how to juggle it well. And that's exactly what that point says, but... <laughs> But, like, I just, I don't like multiple point of views just because I feel like I spend so much time getting to know this one character that the whole story has to be in their point of view. But, um, I also have issue with, like, books like The Fifth Wave, who doesn't distinguish who is who until you're reading it. And I spend most of the book confused and I ended up hating it, so I never continued it. So, yeah, I guess... Basically, the summary of that, I'm not a PO multiple POV person, so if you're not either, I am very safe to read one day, because <laughs> I don't like it. The next one is, it all needs to come together at the end. I would say yes and no on this point. So basically, your points should all come to a fruition at the end, and you should reach your goal However, it doesn't need to be a happy ending, because happy endings can also, like, if you follow, follow a formula and you always end with a happy ending, people aren't going to enjoy your books. Like, Allegiant is probably a great example of this, just because she notoriously did not end with a happy ending with Triss. So... <laughs> I'm not going to spoil it, but most people probably already know what happens. And if you're nodding, then yes, I agree. 
It was awful. <laughs> but uh, it gives you something to think about and something to be excited about. Like, I also think about Harry Potter. Did it really need that epilogue? No, it didn't. We could have written fan fiction about it, you know? We didn't need to know that the, the Weasleys, or Harry, Ron, and Hermione, like, who they married, how many kids they had. Yes, it was a nice addition at the time, but looking back on it, did we really need to end on that note? Do we really need the epilogue? Probably not. You know, it didn't really add much to the story. It was, I felt like it was more of a fan, um, you know, when writers write for their fans. I think it was more of a fan insert, really. So, yeah, I don't think it needs to be tied up like that at the end. But, um, yeah, if it ends on a, like, a, a nice beat, then it's a nice story. But if it just ends on a happy note all the time, maybe you need to work on some stuff. But that's just me. Or if you're writing a sequel, I definitely think leaving it on a cliffhanger is something. I always love doing that, writing things and leaving them on a cliffhanger. Um, especially if you're if it's a sequel, that would give the reader like, yes, I need this book now. That kind of thing. So then again, I'm a, I'm a series writer, so... There's that. The next point is not every antagonist needs to be vanquished at the end. This is true, but I also do this, I admit. Um, I guess it depends on the villain and what the story needs out of this villain. Because the villain could easily just overcome something, but it's... But most of the time, if it's in a contemporary, they just need to be, like, squashed and changed... You know, if they're bullies or something. But if it's something in, like, a science fiction or a fantasy novel, most of the time they're um, threatening death. So why would you keep them around? But I understand the point of this. And it definitely gives you something to think about. So perhaps I will think about this. So the last point on this post is... Give us more than one character to love. I agree. I love writing ensemble casts, so I love every single character I write. So, yeah, I definitely love the d dynamics of different characters and giving people more than one person to love. Spe like, books like A Court of Thorns and Roses has a great ensemble cast. Actually, all of Sarah J. Mass's books. Um, most, I think, more... Court of Thorns and Roses than Throne of Glass because in Throne of Glass they're separated a lot of the books but um, in A Court of Thorns and Roses they're all very much in each other's business and it's phenomenal to read. So this next post doesn't have an author so I'm just going to read it. But it, I can tell it's from Tumblr just based on the font. Or it was on Notepad. I don't know. Anyway... So the title is Dialogue That Hurts the Character and the Reader. So this is just a list of dialogue quotes and let's, oh, I just clicked out of it. <laughs> Whoops. Um, so yeah, I'm going to read these quotes and then discuss them and how they could hurt the character and the reader. So this one, pay attention to me. Um, yeah, it comes off as kind of needy and annoying and selfish in that sense. So I wouldn't write this. 
Uh, please don't leave me desperate much. So, yeah. Um, these are just, yeah. I, I can see why they're on this list. Why can't you love me back? Ugh. I wouldn't write this one either. I'm sorry, but I don't feel the same way. Um, if you word this differently, it could be useful because... Especially if you're writing a love triangle or kind of a love triangle. I love writing love triangles, but, like, not the super cliche, you have to choose between me or him kind of thing. I like writing love triangles that I like him. He, like, like basically the love square where, like, so-and-so is into him <laughs> And he's into her, but this other guy's not into her. But she doesn't really care about one guy, you know? Do you guys get what I'm saying here? Like, basically, one half, of the, or like, one... So, basically, so, okay. So, you have the girl, and there's two guys, right? One guy likes her, or both guys like her, but she only likes one guy. That's where I'm going with this. So, not the typical love triangle. I hate... Like, both guys want her, but she wants both and can't decide. I hate those. That's where we're going with that. So, <laughs> um, the next one is letting you go was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. Now, I find this one really endearing to write. Like, But I'd rather write that with feelings than with the dialogue that they have written on here. So, I feel like... If you did it differently, it could work great because lines like this have a great impact on romances and what they mean to each other. Um, you could do this with, like, a separation in part of your book. Like, they really wanted to be, like, next to each other and they work best together. But I also think this wording should not be used. So, the next one is don't let me go. I think that one's kind of self-explanatory because that also screams desperate. Um, why did you leave me? Um, see, when I think of this one, I think of the way that the hundred did this. Um, it was it wasn't necessarily a romantic scene or anything, but they did this in a way where it was an argument, and um, I can tell you the exact episode. It was. Um, Hockeldama in season three, and Bellamy and Clark are arguing, and this is, I'm trying not to spoil it, but basically, um, she says, um, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember the exact dialogue that happened before this one line. Um, she said, I knew I could because they had you, and then he turns around and looks at her and he's like, you left me, and... It's not like, why did you leave me? It's more of, you left me. Like, not okay. <laughs> so I think things like that, it works really well. Um, the next one is, or I'm going to go with the next two because they kind of tie in with each other. I can't forgive you and please forgive me. Now, <laughs> I know I keep talking about the hundred and I'm really trying not to, but um, this one, I think... If you do it well, it also works. Um, but you have to do it, like, in a good way. Like, Bellamy and Clark have this line 
where they're, they're like, if you need forgiveness, I'll give you that. You're forgiven, okay? And I love that just because these two characters have so much... I like... It can apply to a lot of characters, but I think if you do something like that, it can apply to a lot of situations like they're just feeling this absolute dread of what they've done to save their people, you know? Everything that you do in order to save your people is kind of who makes you as the character. So things like that I think are important. I'd rather have please forgive me rather than I can't forgive you. So... But, like, if you can mesh the two into one, it would be a perfect marriage. So, the next one is leave and stay. They're actually the next two, but they work together. I I like them, but I don't. I'd rather have, like... These characters need to make their own decisions, so having them leave and then decide to come back on their own is more important, and I think characters who understand that should let them come to them like, come to understand that themselves, and I feel like if you're forcing someone to leave or stay, um, it could just bring about bad things. Although, the leave one, or, like, I guess I'm trying to, like, picture scenarios that I would use these in as I'm talking about them. Uh, with the leave, like, if you're just so angry and you, you're like, get out of here, leave. I would want to, or, like, instead of just saying leave, I would say, can I please have some moment to myself? Because I can't, I can't function with another person right now. And that could, like, lead to some angsty scene, but, yeah. And then stay. Um, the only way I see this is, like, don't leave us, the people, or a, in a romantic sense. And, like, that in a romantic sense... If this is the first instance that we see romance, I would be like, yes, I shipped this. So give me more of that. <laughs> uh, the next one is, don't you see that I'm trying? Um, I don't see this one as a bad thing. Um, especially if it's in desperation for, over a situation. Like, people are just, like, constantly yelling at this character. Like, you can't do this. You can't figure this out. You're killing people, blah, 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 and that person out of exasperation just goes, don't you see I'm trying? Like, can't you see that I am doing all I can to save our people? That's the only, like, if you do it that way, I'm completely fine with it, because it's like, what more do you want me to say, people? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't hate that one, and I don't think it could hurt your book. But, um... With posts like this, I don't really get the context of how they would say it. I can just make assumptions of what kind of scenes that they would write it to. But I'm applying it to, like, my genres that I write, which is why a fantasy and science fiction. So, we'll go with those. And then this last one is, it's okay, I understand you can leave, they all do. I wouldn't add that they all do. Um, just because that sounds kind of whiny and bitchy, but I do like the beginning part because it kind of goes with the why did you leave me point that I had, and if you do it right, this one will work fine. So, our next post is unusual ways to beat writer's block. So, I just picked a fun one. 
because I like doing these. So this first point, oh, there is a user. This one's right dash o dash r dash left. Okay. <laughs> so the first point is rearrange your room. I clean my room sometimes when I'm procrastinating, so I wouldn't necessarily call that writer's block, but procrastination at its finest, people. Set your alarm for 3 a.m. and write for one hour and then go back to sleep. Nope, can't do this. I wake up and I'm awake. Because sometimes I do. Oh, oops. Uh, <laughs> closed out the Pinterest pin again. Um, no, sometimes I do have to wake up at 3 for work because I leave after 4. So if I'm awake and my, I hear my alarm clock go off, I'm awake. I'm not going back to sleep. This next one, ask a friend to write half of the first paragraph of a short story for you to finish. I get it, but why? Because then, like, it's not completely your work. And I don't know. I just don't agree with this one. Um, I feel like prompts are never my thing, so I wouldn't do this. Take a notebook and a pen Get on a public bus or train, right while you enjoy the ride to a random destination and back. Um, I mean, I would do this at a park, but I wouldn't do it at on a public transportation. Especially in places like the UK. Like, you have to know where you're going. <laughs> like, if you're on those trains, you can't just ride and, until you get off. You have to know where exactly where you get off, otherwise you'll end up in places like Scotland or something. Yeah, um, those trains are crazy, and they're always packed, so definitely wouldn't recommend it in, like, Europe. Um, write a story that you knew, or, sorry, write a story that you know would make you mad as a reader. Yes and no. So, I want to read something that I would want, or I want to write something that I would want to read, and if it makes me mad, it gets me talking, obviously, but I think you also need to get frustrated as you write something. But how does this help writer's block? I don't understand. Like, why? Like, if you're mad at your story, you're just going to get blocked on how to make yourself unmad. I, I guess I don't get this one. If you get this one, please let me know. Narrate a story to a voice recording app. Okay, so... But why? <laughs> like, for me, write a writer's blog, I like to go on Pinterest and look for ideas. I like to look for inspiration. And I like to be creative. I also have other projects sitting on the side that I can work on if I'm not feeling like working on the current story. So, I guess to each their own. Uh, second to last tip is find the oldest piece of your own writing that you can and rewrite it. I honestly don't do this. I look at it. And I read it, but I don't rewrite it, and nor do I want to. I'd rather take pieces of that and incorporate it into my future stuff, because that's fun. Bonus tip, at the end of each writing session, stop halfway through a sentence so it's easier to get started next time. Guys, I do this all the time, but not on purpose. I do this, and I'm like, what was I writing about? Like, why did I do this? So, I wouldn't recommend this. Why would you do that? <laughs> Start at the, or finish at the end of a sentence. <laughs> that way you know where you ended. 
because my thought process the next day is not going to be the same as when I last wrote that chapter. And sometimes that's weeks before. Do what you gotta do, guys. And I, again, that's not really helping writer's block. That's just a writing tip. So this next one, this next post is quick tips for writing romance. So the first point is consider what your characters like about each other. Okay. Straightforward. Compliment their personalities. How can character A help with character B's weaknesses? Don't blatantly say this, like, in your in writing. Like, show that through changes throughout the whole story. So, don't compliment, like, you have a nice personality, guys. Don't do that. That That's cheating. <laughs> Create boundaries. Understandable. But I feel like this is more so in, like, new adult. You feel me? Make the characters notice each other's quirks. I love when this happens. I love when they notice the little things. They're like, oh, you're mad? And they're, they're like, how do you know that? Because you tilted your head a certain way. I like things like that. L the little things matter. Have your characters get annoyed by some of their quirks. Yes. But no. Because if they find them endearing, why would they be annoyed by them? I'm confused. Get, go slow on getting them together. Yes! I love slow burn! That's my favorite kind of romance to ever exist. I love, 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 love slow burn. That's what I'm writing. And it just makes my heart warm and fuzzy because... I just love the satisfaction of waiting for them to get together, and then when they finally get together, it just is a huge payoff as a reader. Oh, I love it so much. So, build trust between characters. Yes, I love this too. Um, it kind of goes with the slow burn stuff. Um, I think having that foundation for a romance is really important, and if you have that foundation and you build on it, it it's a great... It's a great payoff. <laughs> Give them a life outside of their relationship. Also agree. I think relationships should be more of a subplot than the plot. Unless you're a contemporary romance writer. So, let your characters be vulnerable in front of each other. Yes, I love seeing men cry. <laughs> so, have scenes where they're helping each other. Also, hard agree. Because those are just cute AF. What makes your characters want to stay together? Um, yeah. I'm, I don't know what to say to this one. Because it's a question. It's not really a point. <laughs> so, I guess... If they trust each other and they have, like, this sense of, like, need for each other. Not necessarily, like, I need you to be the love of my life. More of, like, I need you... To, because you make me feel safe, I think that one's okay. But if it, they need or want to stay together for the sake of a situation, I don't think that's okay. I think situational romances are the fleeting romances in a novel and the ones that make you feel safe should be your end game. If your romance is subplot, how much attention do, do they give each other? This is a very badly worded question. <laughs> if your romance is subplot, how much attention do they give 
the other character. They also had a typo. That probably didn't help. So, I think, for me, if they're the subplot, I want them to build that foundation. So, I, and I like slow burn if I'm doing it subplot, just because it gives me time to, for them to get to know each other and trust each other and be friends. And then, I like the subtle glances too. And like, if you can give each other a look and know exactly what each other's thinking, I think that's so important. So, yeah, that's, that's that one. And what does character A notice about character B? Okay, so, <laughs> this reminds me of a conversation I was having with some friends last night. One of them was reading a really bad novella, um, and character A noticed character B's eyebrows. Don't do that. Don't be that person. Don't talk about eyebrows in general. Like, why do we need to know the shape of someone's eyebrows? We don't. That's the point. I don't need to know how full someone's eyelashes are. I need to know people's eye color, skin color, and hair color. That's really it. And, like, their general body shape. That's all I need to know. I don't need to know that your eyebrow is curved or straight. That's that's useless information to me. Why, why waste few words on that. Don't do it. And, like, they're perfect, but, like, I, I don't know why you need stuff like that, so be careful with this one. Don't put useless information just to be like, he's a hot god. Don't do it. Just don't. It makes it cringy and cheesy. And if you do, notice, like, the good qualities in this person. Like, um, say he saved someone. Like, he wouldn't do that for me, would he? And then he does later on. Throw that. Use that through action. And don't, yeah. Don't be, like, that person. This next one does not have an author. This next post. And it's called Some Ways to Introduce Characters. One, by saving them. Cliche, but yes, that will work. By meeting them through a mistake slash drunken incident. Again, cliche. It's fine. Through an event slash special occasion. Example, funeral, wedding, birthday, etc. These are all very cliche, I'm beginning to notice. Being introduced to them through other friends. I mean, yes, because that's how a lot of people meet, so... This could work by doing a good deed, thus causing the favor to be returned. Are we talking about a hookup in this one? Because I'm not completely sure. Because, like, how would, how would they meet? I guess I'm confused on this one. Uh, by getting placed in a group together. Also cliche. By picking on them, assaulting them out of rage. I wouldn't assault someone, so maybe not this one. This isn't cute. And these are all, like, as I'm reading these, these are all, like, leaning towards romance. So, I wouldn't do this by getting sent to them on a quest of sorts. Very Shrek-like and cliche through average Average day-to-day activities. But how do they meet? Like, are you thinking, like, coffee shop? Because that's also cliche, because, wow. Don't do this list, people. Don't do it. 
All bad advice. All right, this one's a very wordy post, so I'm going to go and discuss it as I read it, because it's not bullet points like all the other ones. So this one is something I found or by Valkyrie1605. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. I just I don't know how to pronounce that. Because whatever that's from, I haven't seen it. All right, something I found that makes a scene easier and longer. Writing the dialogue first. Yes, I do this. I never used to do this, but one night it was really late and I was half asleep, but I wanted to get some work done. So I decided just to fill in the dialogue I wanted for the scene. I found myself with close to 1,000 words of dialogue. I obviously tagged who said what and how it was said, etc. When I came back to the document, I just filled in the action, the background, descriptions, and plot. I ended up between 3,000 and 4,000 words in one sitting. Maybe this won't work for everyone. Hell, maybe someone has already pointed this out, but I just wanted to share this writing tip. Now, I do this. Um, I never knew I did this until recently, or like in the past couple of years, but I'm a dialogue-heavy writer as it is, but as I'm rewriting and editing, I find that I tend to write more dialogue than I do description. My description is very basic um, when I go back to my um, following drafts, and then I have to kind of fluff it up and make it pretty, and yeah. So I definitely recommend this one. I think this was a good one to end on. So those are all the tips I found that the internet told me for this episode. Um, I'm planning on doing like one of these a month because they're fun. I love reading writing advice and I don't always follow it as I'm sure you can guess, but I think um, there is some good valued advice out there and you just have to search for it. So if you have any of them, feel free to send them to me um, anywhere. (laughs) So yeah, with that being said, Let's roll the outro. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. You can find me on all social media. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, Wattpad, and Spotify as at AJ Winter Books, and on Goodreads as at AJ Winter. If you need to contact me at all, feel free to leave me a voice message through the Anchor app, or you can find my email address on my website, ajwinterbooks.com. Thanks again for listening. I can't wait to chat again later. Bye!